0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: Agriculture Victoria researchers are testing the viability of alternative legume crops as both winter and summer crop options as part of a new GRDC and Agriculture Victoria investment. this project is part of the Victorian Grains Innovation Partnership between the Victorian Government and the GRDC which aims to increase the profitability of southern grain growers through world-class research. Hello there, I'm Chris Brown. The researchers want to see whether temperate grain and pasture legumes, sown autumn, spring and summer, have a fit in the various rainfall zones of Victoria, using available soil moisture, perhaps even from out-of-season rainfall. The work is not only looking at adaption but also the commercial feasibility including marketability. Agriculture Victoria program leader James Nuttall took me along to a trial site near Horsham to explain more. We've got a number of trials set up. We're looking
0: at winter and summer options but the emphasis is on, on summer options at some of these alternative legumes. Primarily we're looking at the soys and the mungs, yeah. they're crops of interest, but we're also looking at the phaseolus, so the, the dry beans. So we're looking at crops like black turtle, balotti, navy, kidney beans, pintos. Uh, other ones we're also assessing are, are looking at the viability of zuki beans and uh, pigeon peas, etc. And also for some of the probably the more winter suited ones, we're looking at messina and fenugreek. In this trial here, what we're doing is we're currently sowing a staggered times of sowing, so we've started in November, just to look at how these crops behave and grow under our environments down here, which yeah. is you know lower rainfall. Absolutely. Because a lot of these these crops are traditionally subtropicals, so you know they're used to more water and higher temperatures.
1: So my first question about this then would be why is there a need to introduce a summer crop into the system?
0: There's a couple of potential reasons of advantage down here is we've obviously got the established pulse industry and doing very well for winter crop options there. Pulse crops and legumes are obviously good for boosting nitrogen levels in the soils. So with regard to looking at alternative legumes we're saying well if there are broader choices out there both as grain and fodder options that's going to help boost the nitrogen levels of the soil and again if we can actually get an opportunistic summer crop in that is a legume that's going to help build the nitrogen reserves as well as providing additional potential income through that the grain or the grazing option or feed and the other important things, it's actually utilizing resources, so out of season rainfall. Mm, yeah. So what we're seeing, you know, increasingly is, is that idea that if you get significant rains in that, that spring, summer period, can you benefit from them? So part of this project is actually looking at some of the triggers. So it might be two or three years out of 10, you might suddenly say, gee, I've had these factors line up that mm. I know in a certain region, once I know that the soil temperatures have reached." a threshold that is going to allow for germination of, of some of these alternative legumes, and I've suddenly had uh, a couple of good rainfall events, I'm thinking about you know, what is the viability of yeah. me going in with an alternative legume over summer.
1: Okay, so this one here, black turtle, I, I mean, are all these crops grown in Australia commercially right now, or is this something that's uh, come from overseas? I've never heard of black turtle.
0: Okay, so black turtle is one of the Phaseolus or the dry beans and they are sown across Australia as I said they're you know more subtropical species and you know we've sown a black turtle here
1: earlier on. When was this one planted? It's about 100 mil high I suppose the plants on average. Yeah. When was this one planted and are you happy with how it's going? Yes.
0: Yeah, so this one was in early, early in November. Yeah. So what it's showing to us is that before the soil temperatures were starting to get up it germinated well. So what you tend to find with some of the species that, uh, for example, the mungs, that they need a certain critical soil temperature to imbibe and generate, germinate. And so that's one of the, the thresholds that we're looking at for requirement for actually getting some of these alternative legumes out of the ground. So from this information and our staggered times of sowing, we're measuring soil temperature. Mm-hmm. So we measure that every five minutes and then we can actually back calculate and say, yes, we've had germination, And in that two weeks prior to germination, what were the average soil temperatures? So we're building up a bit of profile of what what is required to get these out of the ground. Now, we're here at Horsham today, but these trials are actually also being run more broadly across Victoria. So we actually got them going Northern Mallee, Southern Mallee, and obviously in the Wimmera, the high rainfall zone. So we're Mm. looking at Hamilton, we're looking at Inverlee, and we're also looking at Dookie. So we're trying to go across a broad range of agroecological regions yeah. um, to sort of look at those interactions of, of weather and soil type.
1: And are they all grown commercially here?
0: Yes, So yeah. the majority of them are. What is a bit different about uh, this project is our bill is to be able to access the Australian Grains Gene Bank yeah. run by to Victoria and that's based in Horsham and that allows you to go in and get geoplasm of these crops and species and sow them and test because a lot of these commercial varieties that we're testing have been bred for a sort of wetter and uh, more subtropical environment. We're actually seeing is there geoplasm around for these alternate legumes that, that may be better suited to our more temperate environment.
1: Which brings me to my next question about rainfall. Okay you're talking about I suppose an opportunity crop what if the opportunity runs out sort of later on in summer how do they cope with the dry conditions I suppose that's what you're really trying to test isn't it?
0: That's right we're trying to see what scenarios and how many millimetres of rainfall can you get away with producing a crop now you might say the end point if I can produce a crop but it actually peters out, can I actually use that for feed value, mm. fodder rather than grain or else if there's adequate water to take that through to grain and you know, some of these might be sort of high value niche markets then I can make some money from the grain.
1: What about markets? I mean these are obviously crops that are not traditionally grown here, how do farmers get them to those markets?
0: That's another thing that the project is considering across all these different crops and species. If we can actually grow it, is there a viable market out there? So we'll be working with colleagues, looking at whether or not, you know, that what the viability
1: of some of those markets will be for us. So are you are looking at the economics of it from that point of view? That's correct. Yes. Okay. What about the economics of growing it? Are you looking at that? We'll probably be
0: doing some gross margin calculations mm. based on if you put an opportunistic crop in what is the return based hmm. on that whether it's viable for a grower to go in and do that and that will be part of the project. Is this the first time that this, something like
1: this has been done?
0: Probably on this magnitude so sporadically through time some of these what we're now calling these alternative legumes have been grown to varying points but I think this program offers a really targeted opportunity to be able to look at a broad range of alternative legumes and as I said really tapping into the AGG and the, the geoplasm available there to really give it a good shake.
1: How do you see it fitting into a farming system? You're talking about sowing at a particularly busy time of the year, aren't you? I suppose during harvest.
0: That's true, but I suppose if growers know that there's a certain set of events that might trigger an opportunity to grow these, uh, I think they'll make it happen. For example, if, if you have a year where it's tighter and if crops are being cut for hay or whether crops are being harvested earlier and there, there is that couple of inches mm. of a thunderstorm that might come through, uh, growers might be ready for such things and have a go with it. And if it is successful, say, well, that actually becomes an important part of my farming system. Mm. And so basically fit that into it.
1: The trials themselves, how long will they last? So this is the first year of it? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Okay, so what's the future?
0: The program is running for the next three years the trials across the states will actually be run as both winter and summer trials with the emphasis on the summer trials for the next three years. Uh, We work with a number of collaborators in delivering these trials across the state and so we've got a fairly good footprint. The other important thing of this project is that we're using biophysical modelling to be able to extrapolate some of the results. So that means particularly with the soy and the mungs there's crop models out there that actually can look and predict if a crop's going to grow under particular circumstances so we're going to based on field trial validation run these crop models we have spatial crop model capability within the department and we can basically run models across all of southern Australia and see where those best outcomes are with regard to temperature and and water profiles and again it, it comes back to that probabilities so that growers have some understanding of Is it two or is it three years out of 10? That might be a real go. And that's the most important thing for understanding for de-risking. What are those trigger events that that I'm gonna have a good chance of getting a return?
1: And you're also looking at germplasm. You've got a germplasm trial within this trial. Tell me about that. That's correct.
0: So we sowed about 1200 lines. 1200, Yes, yeah, (laughs) hand-sowed. So they're just meter lengths. And again, that's that's, um, seed that is sourced from the Australian Grains Gene Bank that allows us to look across these crops and species, the genetics and the diversity there, and just see how they perform. Do some have more vigor? Do some some you know, are able to perform on less rainfall? And so we'll be sort of harvesting them and analysing how they perform. And it's about, I think, looking at those climate analogues too. So you say, what are the origins for some of that seed? Are they coming from climates? and zones across the globe that are similar to ours and targeting in on that.
1: Agriculture Victoria program leader James Nuttall. The benefits emanating from this research may go well beyond the additional nitrogen delivered by legumes and may lead to more profitable crop options for growers as well as delivering systems benefits like weed and disease control. And of course, potentially moving beyond a seasonal water use efficiency approach to one that maximises the efficiency of water use across cropping seasons. Thanks for listening. My name is Chris Brown.